Generational wealth. What do you immediately think of when you hear the phrase generational wealth? When you consider your family and you consider the things that you want to leave behind, what do you think of when you hear generational wealth? Well, in this episode of our Black History Month series on the Maximize Your Brand podcast, we're going to be talking to an expert in the area of finance and investment who has spent his life helping families and helping individuals to build generational wealth. There are some concepts and things that we really fully need to understand if we're really going to be about the business of building wealth among ourselves. And yes, we're focused on Black families and Black History Month, but I am absolutely sure that the advice and the content that he's going to be giving us will can be applied across all types of ethnicities. And so don't tune out just because we're talking about Black families, but I want you to tune in because the advice that we're going to be getting tonight from my guest, Charles Winfrey, is going to be excellent. Sit back, relax, take notes, because this is going to be a maximized opportunity to hear some great information. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another live episode of the Maximize Your Brand Mar- Maximize Your Brand Podcast. Marquis Brayton, so excited that you are with me today, as I usually am each and every week. We are live right here on Facebook and on LinkedIn. If it worked appropriately, but if it didn't, we'll be sure to share it on. LinkedIn a little bit later, but we are excited to uh, be having our guest today uh, for this particular podcast. As you know, we have been going live each and every Monday at seven o'clock for the podcast. And this month, because it's Black History Month, we are actually having a Black History Month series. Week one, we talked about building legacy. Week two, we talked about building community. And this week, we're talking about building generational wealth, building generational wealth. And I'm excited to have my guests today to be talking about this very important topic, especially among African Americans and minorities. And so I'm so excited to have my guests today. But before we get started, you know, I always like to invite you to look into this opportunity that I have created for those of you who are corporate professionals, who are executives, who have a desire to transition into your own, what I like to call expert-based business as a consultant, as a coach, as a speaker, as a trainer, and you really don't know where to start. Well, I created a free gift for you called The Seven Stages to Shift Your Brand. The Seven Stages to Shift Your Brand. And all you have to do to grab hold of that 
is to text brand me, all one word, text brand me, all one word to 77222. That's brand me, all one word to 77222. One more time, brand me, no spaces to 77222. And I will send you that free gift. It's a one-page PDF that gives you the seven stages that you need to consider and think about as you are wanting to shift into leveraging your expertise, leveraging your passion, leveraging your purpose to create what I like to call a location-free business that helps to produce the life that you crave. Once again, brand me to 77222. So let's go ahead and hop into this conversation that I like to always have uh, around, you know, wealth building and why it's important to be an entrepreneur. Even if you are a full time employee, you still should have things that generate and create income for yourself on the side or as full time uh, income. So my guest today is Charles E. Winfrey Jr., financial educator, author, speaker, and retirement planner. And I'm just going to give you a brief little introduction of him, but he's going to share a little bit more. Charles E. Winfrey Jr. is a nationally recognized financial educator, author, speaker, and retirement planner whom you may have seen on NBC, ABC, and CBS Network affiliates. He is the author of Seven Secrets to Financial Success, Rollover Mistakes Retirees Make, and creator of the Abundant Life Wealth Process, which is trademarked. Charles has touched tens of thousands with his financial wisdom and systems. As the founder and CEO, Charles and his team at the Rollover Company Incorporated have been showing business owners, executives, women, on their own, and pre-retirees how to preserve, protect, and pass on their wealth for over 20 years. So we definitely have somebody who is an expert and who has put in the time and effort. And so we're going to go ahead and bring in our guest, Mr. Charles Winfrey. What's going on, Charles? How are you doing, my friend? So grateful for this opportunity to uh, grace your, your podcast, your platform. I've been watching from a distance, been a fan. I've I've inboxed you, DM'd you, trying to get different uh, ideas. So I'm just grateful to be a part and uh, be here tonight and talk about this important topic. Uh, So I just think it's timely and uh, grateful again for the opportunity. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you um, agreeing, uh, you know, to be on the podcast to talk about this topic because, you know, I hear this phrase thrown out a lot, especially today as we're in 2021, we're going through uh, COVID-19. And, you know, we in Nashville today are, are are snowed in and, you know, people are having to think of different ways to really uh, to create income and to create legacy. And, and they're thinking more. They have more time to think about some of the decisions that they've made, you know, in their life as it pertains to their finances. So this is a great conversation. But I just gave a brief bio, but I want you to share a little bit more how you show up in the world each and every day. Yeah, um, you know, born and raised in Nashville, so uh, proud product of the Nashville public school system, graduated at the University of Memphis with a degree in finance, uh, also a graduate of the Belmont University Certified Financial Planning Program. Uh, as you said in the bio, over 20 years of experience of working with individuals 
uh, planning and preparing for retirement. And so that's why I feel like this topic is so important because every day I believe my purpose is to help people continue to build generational wealth. I believe it's biblical. I believe it's our foundation. The Bible says a wise man, a wise woman, uh, leaves an inheritance to their children's children. Uh, one of my books that I wrote, I talk about uh, Joseph and the well that was built uh, generations before. But then we hear about the Samaritan woman uh, who goes to that same well. The only time in the New Testament you hear about Joseph's well. Uh, but it was a well that was already there, a legacy that was cemented. Um, and so I see every day the opportunity that I've been blessed with to be able to touch generations yet unborn by the decisions, the plans, uh, the things that are put in place today that uh, many of us will not even be the benefactors of. And I think that's where we have to change our mindset, uh, because for so many of us, it's just about right now. What can I get? What can I have? But to really think about generational wealth, you have to look beyond yourself. You have to look beyond the next 10, 15, 20 years. You almost have to start thinking about uh, the next decade, the next half a century, the next century. Um, and so that's why I feel like what we're going to talk about tonight, especially as we begin 2021, is going to be hopefully uh, a new start, a uh, new perspective for many. Uh, that answer that somebody has been looking for, like, what do I do right now? So you're right. We're at home. Many of us have been at home for the last 12 months. You got time on your hand. More people have been investing than ever before. And so that's a good thing. However, right. without the proper education, a lot of people have made mistakes. Um, and so we just need to clear up a few things tonight and hopefully give some uh, some hope, but also some direction uh, to those who are, who are watching and listening to us. Yeah. So for those of you who are watching and those who will be listening on the podcast, let me tell you, you know that, you know, my business is very faith centered as well. And you've heard uh, Charles bring up some scriptures. And so I want to let you know that, you know, he formerly was a pastor as well. And so he's going to be bringing and interweaving. I know some of these spiritual principles and scripture as well as practical things that we need to do in order to really learn how to properly build generational wealth and to handle our finances. And so, Charles, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. You know, as we have been going through COVID-19 and, and really, I believe, you know, a shift is happening even in the economy as far as how we uh, as individuals uh, create income for our families and, and, and having to learn different ways when it comes to technology and things like that. And so, you know, what are some things that those of us uh, who are either just getting started, those who are in the middle of their career, those who might be close to retirement, what are some of those foundational things that we really need to be thinking about if we hadn't paid any attention? Yeah. Um, so number one, everybody needs a plan. You just got to have a plan. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know this quote that many people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. Um, and so what our firm believes in is that everybody needs a plan, no matter what age, no matter what stage. Um, and so I know there are three types of people who are listening to us. Those that are either creating their wealth, those who are in the process of accumulating their wealth. And then you have the third phase who are now starting to distribute their wealth. So creation of wealth is typically 18 to about 39. 
that's where you're trying to hopefully get your credit together. <laughs> you're trying to buy a home. You're trying, you're starting in your first uh, vocation and occupation. So you're starting to get benefits. You're kind of out on your own. Um, so hopefully you're saving. That's also the best time to get all of your insurances in place, your disability insurance, life insurance, uh, health insurance through your employer. And hopefully you start investing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the next phase is typically 40 to about 69. That's going to be the accumulation of wealth. Uh, and so at that point, uh, you may have already had children in the creation stage. So now you're starting to plan for their college education. Uh, many times you're at the peak of your employment. So you're at the highest level of income. So now you're able to save more, invest more. And then you have to start thinking a little different. You know, before it was about trying to get your children prepared for life. Right. Now you're trying to get yourself prepared for retirement. And so normally people are not able to invest as much in that creation stage, but at the accumulation stage, that's when they really start to pick up uh, and put more money away. Uh, at that point, you should start thinking about, hey, long-term care. Because I get older, the potential for me maybe needing long-term care, hopefully getting your debt paid off so your home is almost paid for, paid off cars, any credit card debt you may have had, you've gotten that eliminated. But then when you get to the distribution stage, that's when you have to start saying, hey, this is what I've created and accumulated. Now, how am I going to start using it? But also, how am I going to pass it on? Mm. So depending upon the age, some people stay in one stage a little longer than they should. That's fine. OK, everybody's uh, road is different. But what we want to make sure is you understand no matter what stage you're in, what you should be focused on. Because yeah. what I found, Marquita, is that a lot of people end up getting uh, frustrated because they're looking at somebody else on social media, looking at their classmates, their colleagues, and they're, I should be there. Well, maybe, maybe not, okay? Mm -hmm. Wh wherever you are, we wanna make sure you're focused on the things that you should be focused on. And so it begins with a plan, that's number yeah. one. Um, and then number two, I will say this, we have to understand the importance of investing and investing early, but also investing uh, in Roth IRAs. I cannot emphasize that enough. Whoever's listening to us now, if you do not have a Roth IRA, I encourage you to get one, okay? Um, many employers will allow you to do a Roth IRA inside of the 401k. So it would be called a Roth 401k. But if your employer does not offer a Roth, this is what you want to do. You want to go up to the maximum in the matching contribution. So mm -hmm. let's say your employer matches 5% of your contributions. You want to go up to 5% to get the full matching from your employer, the free money, and then everything else you want to put in a Roth. Mm. And this is the reason why. We have been taught wrong. Mm. Let me ask you this question, Marquis. Would you rather pay tax on the seed or tax on the harvest? Would I rather tax pay tax on the seed or tax on the harvest? On the harvest. That's a good question. <laughs> I think I would Not rather pay tax on the seed because the harvest will be the greater. Seed. There you go. There you go. All right. We were taught to do it in reverse. Mm. And it's not because we grew up in the city. You know, any farmer 
would tell you, you pay tax on the seed, not on the harvest. Mm. But the reason we've been paying tax on the harvest instead of the seed is because that was a way that the government would always receive tax revenue from us, even in retirement. And so whenever I have an opportunity on a platform to, to talk about what should someone be doing, I always make sure get a Roth, maximize it. And then there are going to be some who are listening to us that they earn too much so they don't qualify mm. to participate in the Roth. Then you can do what is called a backdoor Roth, where you put money into a traditional IRA, then you convert it to a Roth. And that's what's called a backdoor. So no matter how much you earn, you can still do a Roth. Nice, nice, nice. And so we do have a few questions and we will get to those questions as we go throughout uh, the okay. live. Uh, but, you know, how do we handle, you know, because you really went deep early, you know, okay. how do we begin to really combat some of the limited beliefs, though, before we get to the point of, you know, having a Roth IRA or, you know, investing in um, our 401k, especially if the company is matching, you know, because sometimes we do have these limiting beliefs that we don't have enough money to save. We don't have enough money to take out of our paycheck. You know, we don't have enough money to do all of these different things. You know, how do you coach your clients or help people to see how important it is, but yet to really help them change their mindset around saving? Um, believe it or not, we're at a place now where it's easier than maybe it was when I first started 20 years ago. And the reason why is because we've shifted from pensions to 401ks. Okay. And the reason why that's important is because our parents, our grandparents, they had a secure retirement because as long as they work for an employer, when they retired, they were going to receive a check vis-a-vis -a, -vis a pension mm -hmm. for the rest of their life. Mm. Around the 90s, companies stopped pensions and they shifted to 401ks. Wow. So the responsibility left the employer and went all to the employee. So now more than ever, we have people who realize that unless I put money away for retirement, I'm not going to have a retirement. So the conversation is easier. Okay. What I want to emphasize is that typically we, we are too conservative mm. and we have fear of investing. Uh, many people have had bad experiences, whether it was uh, the 2000.com bubble or it was the 2008, 2009 Great Recession or even February and March of 2020. However, out of all three of those instances where the market went down, it always came back up. Okay. And so I want to emphasize the importance of investing in the stock market as soon as you can, but also having home ownership and also having life insurance. Mm. Because if there are three gaps specifically in the African-American community where we are so far away, it's in those three areas, home ownership, stock market investing, and mm. Not life insurance. See, we own life insurance at the rate of other communities, but this is the thing. Other communities have a median policy of 150000 mm -hmm. We only have a third of that, around wow. 50000 Okay. 
So this misnomer that we don't believe in life insurance is false. We have it. We just don't have the right amount. Okay. So what I want to make sure we stress tonight is home ownership has to be a goal for everyone who's listening. Investing in the stock market consistently has to be the second goal. And having the proper type of life insurance should be the third goal. Because when we look at it statistically, we are behind in all three of those areas. So let me just give you some statistics so you'll know what I mean. Mm -hmm. The Federal Reserve of St. Louis gave out their report for 2020. This is what they said about the wealth gap. They said African-Americans have about 24,000 in terms of net worth, while white Americans have 184,000. Now think about that. 184,000 compared to 24,000. When I dug deeper, I realized that those three areas I mentioned, those gaps are the same. All right, let me tell you what I mean. Home ownership in the white community is at 73%, but home ownership in the African-American community is 42%. We've got that big gap. When you look at the stock market, 61% of white families invest in the market, only 33% of African-American families invest in the market. Then when we look at life insurance, again, we are tit for tat in terms of ownership. But when we look at the median death benefit, 150,000 for white Americans, 50,000 for African-Americans. And so we've got to close those gaps because those three things, home ownership, investing in the stock market, life insurance is why, and also income disparity, but what you do with your income makes more of a difference than whether I have the same amount of income as you or not, because people are making money. Yeah. There are many people making money because actually the study from the Federal Reserve said this. You wouldn't believe it. You would think it would be opposite. You would think the more education you had, the more wealth you would have. They dispelled that myth because the old adage is still true. It's not yeah. so much of what you earn. But it's what you keep, what you save, what you invest. And we have a tendency when we get as many degrees in education, we get higher incomes, but we spend more. OK, so I want us to change our mindset on our spending and our investing. That's good. You know, and let's let's tackle the first piece of home ownership. So, you know, okay. different people come along at different times. And so when I came along professionally, um newly minted master's degree and getting my first job at 26. Mm -hmm. At that time, they were practically giving away <laughs> houses and yeah. giving you, you know, I think they gave me $8,000 to move into my home yes, at 26, right? And yes, and 15 years later, and I've shared this testimony even on uh, on social media, 15 years later, here I am, you know, living in a neighborhood where people are paying 1500 $1,600, $1,700 worth of rent, and my mortgage is $600, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And yes, I have sir. about $150,000 worth of equity because of the way Nashville has really begun to grow and, and change. Whereas yes. if we shift to today and somebody who's 26 trying to buy their first home, it's a little bit different. It and is. so how, how do we help people to, you know, really get into home ownership now is so expensive, especially as we 
talk about being here in Nashville now that you, it's very difficult to find properties that are affordable for somebody who's simply, you know, working a, a regular nine to five, even making, let's say, 60, 70, 80, $85,000 a year. You know, the housing prices have become exorbitant. You know, so yeah. how do we get people in the homes? Yeah, it's a very good question, and and is a it's a challenging one. It is one that um, the new administration is trying to tackle uh, to help close that gap. Uh, so, so a few ideas that I would want to say: we have to be flexible. Okay, the starter home is not the forever home, or the starter home may not be the dream home. Right. Okay. So we're going to have to be flexible on what it is that I want versus what I need. Mm-hmm or what I can qualify versus what the bank says I should buy, okay? Mm-hmm. The bank's gonna always give you more than what you need. Uh, we're gonna have to be flexible on where we live. We may wanna be downtown Nashville, but we may have to go to Dixon County. I'm not saying go there, I'm just saying you're right. Mm. To live in Nashville is not as realistic as it was when we first bought our homes, right? right? Where, where my wife and I put $1,000 down and we got this first home, okay? However, FHA programs still exist for that first-time home buyer. So now we need to get more creative or probably take the approach that maybe you and I, uh, someone should have advised us when we first bought, yeah. get that duplex, live in one side and rent out the other one, okay? Because mm-hmm. there are FHA programs that will allow you to do that as long as you live on the other side. Okay, and so, again, it may not be what I want right now, but I'm sacrificing for the later. Okay, Uh, the the other thing that we're going to have to uh, think about uh, is the fact that there are people who need to make sure their credit is in order to even qualify. Okay, so we're assuming you can qualify for a home, but there may be some who are listening to us who cannot. Right. And they need to go through the steps of doing the repair, the hard work that all of us had to do. Because if any of us went to college, we made the stupid mistakes and got credit cards and didn't know how to use them. Right. Then we pay for it. I mean, here, I'm not, you know, I'm not being hypocritical. So I know that's a part of it. Um, But then we also have to think about this. I might want to live in Nashville, but there may be a job opportunity in another city, another state that when I look at the cost of living there versus the income, I may have to move, okay? You know, before I say you may have to go 45 minutes out, you may have to go to another state, I don't know. But that is becoming a problem and it's not just here. Everywhere you see the in the rise of the cost of real estate to purchase, right. making it harder for people to get a home. Now, I will say this, statistically, you see homeowners who typically have more net worth mm-hmm. than not homeowners. But I would almost prefer if you could not necessarily afford a home because of the area, I would rather you invest more in the stock market, mm. build up your net worth so that when, because there will be a correction in real estate and when prices come back down, you'll have the liquidity to be able to put down the down payment into the home, but you've also started to build up equity in the stock market. So that's what I would prefer. And the reality is that should almost be the focus for many people who are in the situation that you described, because Mm -hmm. that's the reality for a lot of people. It is. 
And I've seen, you know, I watch a lot of YouTubes here and there on real estate. And, you know, there's this such thing as house hacking, you know, maybe mm-hmm. coming together with, you know, another family or yeah. some friends and, 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 and purchasing yeah. something that you, you all ultimately end up selling to be able to get that down payment for your, you know, single family home or this, that, and the other. And so there are a it's lot a of different ways. number of ways. ways. Yeah, like you said, I mean, so what what do we know now? We know now that we have to redefine what traditional means. Traditional may not mean married by 25, two kids by 30, house almost paid off by 35, two cars and Fortune 500 jobs and you you fly here two or three days a week and you're home for the weekend. That was the reality we were taught in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. It's not a reality anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Generation X, they don't get married as as early as their parents did. Right. Home ownership is not on the table for them mm-hmm. as early as it was. For So, see, you've got a lot of different dynamics. And so everything pre-COVID and post-COVID is being redefined and reshaped. Um, So I'm glad that you brought that up because the traditional model is much harder to obtain. It's not impossible, but people are going to have to be flexible and creative. Nice, nice. Well, we're going to take a quick break and talk about those other two areas. He said homeownership, investing, and life insurance. And life insurance. So we'll talk about the next two when we come back after this and we'll also ask your questions so if you have questions be sure to put those in the comments and we'll go through those comments to answer those questions thank you for joining both live stream and on the podcast audio we'll be right back after this are you a corporate executive or career professional who's ready to take your life back ready to take your time back and you thought about becoming a coach a speaker a trainer or consultant in your own business. Well, I want to invite you to schedule a brand maximization discovery session so that I can help you to uncover that expertise and learn how to properly package yourself in an online-based business. I'm Markeith Brayton, personal brand strategist and master lifestyle coach, who's all about helping corporate executives and career professionals to maximize and monetize their personal brand online so that they can create a location-free business and live the life that they crave. What I know for sure is that you want to be doing something that's fulfilling and that's exciting and that provides great value to the world. You want to make a greater impact on the lives of individuals. And you know that if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get the results that you've always got. So schedule a brand maximization discovery session by going to my website, markeithbrayton.com forward slash consultation. That's markeithbrayton.com forward slash consultation. And let's maximize and monetize your personal brand. All right. Welcome back to the Maximize Your Brand podcast as we are doing a Black History Month series. And today we're talking about building generational wealth. And my guest today is Charles Winfrey, who here is locally. And as you know, I've been interviewing local entrepreneurs and small business owners the past few weeks because I feel like, you know, sometimes we we do so much away from home that you should recognize the people who are doing great things at home. And so that's what I want to do 
uh, this month um, to bring a few people that I know who are doing great things in entrepreneurship and small business. So we've been talking about building generational wealth and Charles gave us these three things that we really want to focus our attention on as we build a foundation. And the first thing was home ownership. The next step, he said, was investing. So we're going to talk a little bit about about investing and what that actually means. So what do you mean when you say uh, getting involved in investing? Yeah, investing in the stock market. Uh, it's, it's no no mystery, uh, whether that's through your employer, company-sponsored retirement plan. So if you work for an employer, uh, if you work for a public company, you, you have a 401k. If you work for a hospital, uh, find, uh educational facility or nonprofit, you have what is called a 403B. Uh, If you work for the federal government, uh, you have what is called a uh, TSP. If you work for a municipality, you have a 457. If you're self-employed, you may have a SEP IRA. But they're all pre-taxed accounts, okay? But if you work for an employer and they match your contribution, so what does matching mean? That means if you put in $100, they might put in $100 as well. So they'll match what you put in. Most employers, if they still match, they'll match up to a certain percentage, 5%, 6%, 7%. So what that means is if you can, you should put in up to the match where you can get the free money that your employer is providing for you. Never turn down that free money, okay? But then what I want you to do after the free money is if you have the ability to go above the match, instead of keeping that money in the pre-tax plan, go to the Roth, okay? Go to the Roth. Uh, Why go to the Roth? Because when you put money into a Roth, you're putting money in after tax. And when you get 59 and a half or older, When that money comes out, it comes out tax-free. Now, why is that important? That's important because all the money that you put in from the employer that was matched, those were pre-tax dollars. No taxes have been paid. But when you get ready to take that out in the future, that's when you'll owe the taxes. So I want you to get the free money from the match, but I don't want you to put in all pre-tax money. I want you to balance it with pre-tax and after-tax, and the best after-tax vehicle is a Roth IRA, okay? Uh, There are limits on how much you can put in a Roth. If you're under 50, you can put in $6,000 for 2021. Hmm. If you're over 50, you can put in an additional $1,000, which would make your contribution $7,000, okay? And if you have not filed taxes yet for 2020, you have up until when you file to make the previous year's contribution. So if you have not filed 2020's tax returns yet, you have until April 15th, you can make 2020's contribution of 6,000 if you're under 50, 7,000 if you're over 50, and still put money in for 2021. Wow. We are now in the 23rd year of the Roth IRA, and many people still don't use it. They don't know what it is. They don't know the benefits. Every chance I get, I'm going to preach Roth, 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 so you can get tax-free money. This is the reason why. The way that our tax code is set up, every time we continue to put money into 
uh, our economy through the U.S. Treasury uh, and what took place last year with stimulus, that raises our national deficit. In order to bring the deficit down, we need more revenue. Typically, that revenue comes from taxes. And so as we continue to go more and more in debt by the trillions, what do we think is going to happen to the taxes in the future? They're going to have to go up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what you do not want to do is be in a position that many of our clients are in now because they're over 60, they're retired, they're in the distribution phase. And they're like, why am I paying all these taxes? It was because they put everything in pre-taxed accounts. It didn't have uh, Roth IRAs. So I want to make sure everyone who's listening, even if you just put in $100 a month, start a Roth IRA as soon as you can. And then the let me, let me today, interject, okay. not to cut you off, but you know, this just kind of came up in my <laughs> in my spirit, you know. And as you're talking about these things, you know, I, I hear somebody saying, you know, none of this is sexy, none of this is exciting, none of this is, you know, because we live in this social media, everybody flossing, everybody showing, you know that, hey, we can make we can make the money over and over and over again. Just build a brand. Just you hear what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. and you're talking well, practical. Yeah. Well, let me right? well, let me add the sizzle. Can I yeah. add the sizzle? The sizzle comes in what you invest in. Mm, good. Okay? That's where the sizzle comes, because you're right. Traditionally, it's been kind of boring. Mm -hmm. While I get passionate about it. It's because I see how the market has provided returns yeah. consistently and especially in this window we have right now. I want to make sure everybody listening and watching us understand we are in a period where we have low interest rates. We have what is called quantitative easing, which is when you have all of this money that's pumped into the economy by the U.S. Treasury the Federal Reserve. We have companies that are now hitting record highs, earnings report. The market is set for growth. I don't know how long the growth will be, um, but when you see opportunities like we have now, it's a small window that opens, but then it'll close. And so if you're not investing in the market, now is a great time to understand and learn how the market works. Understand what your risk tolerance is. How much can you accept the market going up and down? OK, because the market does go up and it goes down. That's the only consistent thing about the market. It goes up and down. Um, however, when you look at it long term, it is the best place, in my opinion, to get long term growth. And so the sizzle comes when you understand that there are investments that you can participate in. And all I talk about when the stock market is you own a portion of the company that you invest in. Mm. And why not start owning the things you've been consuming? You've been consuming Jordans. Why not own Nike stock? Right, right. You've been consuming McDonald's. Why not own the stock? Can we go ahead and get personal? You've been consuming Louis and Gucci and Hermes. You can own those companies by owning their stock. Right. And so participate. I don't mm -hmm. want you 
to live this hermit lifestyle because right. I would be critical. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more mm, abundantly. abundantly. But we got to prioritize. we got to put it in order. That's and true. so I'm, I'm no longer accepting that I don't have the money. You've got the money. Mm-hmm. You're just putting it in other places. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer accepting I'm scared. You weren't scared when you bought a lottery ticket. Say, <laughs> We've got to stop saying things that are contrary to our behavior. Right. I just want you to shift your dollars in another direction mm-hmm. and really start to see your money work for you. Because this is one thing I know. Nobody is working harder historically than our community. Mm. However, the statistics we talked about tonight, we're still at the bottom. Obviously, it's not working harder that gets you to the top. Okay, it's got to be something else. Right. What do you do with those hard earned dollars? And that's what I want you to change your mindset, change your perspective that literally you could turn one hundred dollars to ten thousand. It won't be overnight. Right. It'll be four or five years. There are investments that could be shorter, but you've got to understand them and you've got to be willing to invest. That's all I want you to do. And I think that's a good segue into uh, this particular conversation. And I know this we might go a little bit long uh, tonight. Okay, that's, but I know. that's how I am. I'm sorry. The, I'm the, the conversation I want to go into, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about, she was asking, well, Markeith, what is your vision ultimately? You know, because so many people... You know, we live in this social media age and, you know, everybody yeah. wants to be a billionaire. Everybody wants to be a multimillionaire and this, that, and the other. And I said, you know, the vision that I have really for myself is a lifestyle of freedom. Yeah. And I said that I yeah. really want to grow my coaching and consulting business to about a million dollar a year business. Yeah. And, you know, she was kind of paused. She was like, just a million. And I was like, yeah, just a million, because really what I want to do is take the profits from my million dollar a year, location free, low overhead coaching and consulting business, and then take those profits and invest it in the stock market, in Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies that will be producing passive residual income for me over time. So I, I want to build a business that gives me the, creates a lifestyle that I desire while at the same time gives me the profits to be able to create greater wealth that I could ever do trading time for money or working in my business. Um, I'm glad you said that, Marquis, because uh, if, if someone had a calculator, let me just help somebody. If through your working career, let's say you've averaged earning $50,000 a year and you've worked 20 years, you've earned a million dollars. But what do you have to show for it? What do you have to show for it? And that's where you said, I want to be able to take this, get it to this level, but then take the profits from that and put it over here. And that's exactly where I think the disconnect has been. Mm-hmm. We have earned it and then spent it all. Yeah. When the truly, those with the wealth mindset, they invest first and then spend what's left. It's just that reversal. It's that reversal. And when you develop that muscle and that habit, the whole world opens up for you. It changes. And then let's go to the last piece because mm-hmm. this is connected. And this is where I want us to make sure we don't miss it. 
The reason I bring up the life insurance is for two reasons. One, we all have goals, as Dr. King said, of longevity, but none of us know when our last breath will be taken. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the benefits to life insurance is that if you do not, if you're not able to fulfill the plan, the plan can still go forward with the finances because you've got this lump sum, whether it was a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand, that was able to come in immediately. That's number one. But then this is something many people don't talk about. If you've done well, you're gonna have to pay some taxes. Right. And what the life insurance can do is come in and take care of the taxes for you so your heirs can have the money tax-free. That's the power of the life insurance, not to bury, not to be the alternative to go fund me. We got to think bigger. No, 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 no. You have enough cash where they can bury you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you've got all of these assets, the way our system is set up, if you've done well, if you're not careful and you don't know the techniques and the strategies, you'll pay more in taxes than you should. But if, if you had the life insurance, got it in mm-hmm. place when you were 40, 50, and right. it was paid up, it was in place, it'll cover everything upon your death. You so know, that we're, is the yeah, we're dealing with a lot of varying mindsets, though, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are among the latter part of Gen X. So I, I kind of yeah. think that <laughs> we almost kind of got a little bit of both worlds because most of our parents were baby boomers. Right. But yet we were we really grew up in the mid to late 90s. And so that was like towards the end of Gen X before the millennials, you know, came in. And so we're betwixt and between, (laughs) you know, the, the, the technology boom, but yet being raised by baby boomers and who were raised by Great Depressioners. There you go. That's good. So dealing with all of those varying mindsets, you know, with my mother, she'll be turning 70 next month, you know, and I'm, I'm so grateful that, um, she came along during a time where people stayed on jobs for 40 and 50 years. She was at the VA hospital for 42 years. And I'm so grateful that I'm not in that sandwich generation where, she wasn't prepared or she doesn't have retirement and all of that. She's able to take care of herself, home, yes, cars, everything's paid for, no debt. Praise yes, God. Yes. You know, yes. Um, but that's not everybody's situation. Right. And so how do we really deal with the, the mindset? Because there is a mindset that insurance is only for, for burial. Yeah. You know, my grandmother, yes, she had enough insurance to bury her, but, my family yeah. today, you know, because my we I grew up in Antioch area. Many people know my story. Our family owned a lot of property in the Antioch area and it passed on the heirs and this, that, and the other. But I was watching this movie about how convoluted that can become if it's not properly taken care of. <laughs> Man, we don't we don't have the time to do a deep dive, okay? Because we got to talk about estate planning. Okay, we've got to talk about having trust and power of attorneys and healthcare power of attorneys and pour over wheels. We because that is where some people let let me dispel 
this myth that when you think you've reached a certain level, you're done. No, Mm -hmm. but every new level, there's another level of education. There's another strategy you need to know if you want to be able to not only continue to grow the wealth, but also to be able to pass it on. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you, you brought up a very good point. Uh, and I, I don't think I've ever kind of really connected it like you just talked about. And that is kind of the remnant of our parents that are in us, but really their parents that's in them, that's in us. Mm-hmm. But then some of our uh, colleagues and contemporaries who are much younger and they have a different philosophy and outlook on life. And so, you know, these 70s babies, we struggle. Because we don't want to admit we old, but we still want to, you know, we still look young and feel young and all that. Right, right, right. We, you know, we going through our own little midlife stuff, right? But let's talk about one thing we haven't heard enough of. We heard industrial age. Mm-hmm. We heard information age. But now we're in the innovation age. Mm. Innovation. All right. innovation. Innovation. All right. And so what is different about innovation than the other two is the warp speed that the track we're about to be on. When I tell you five years from now, we won't know this world, okay? Mm. When we think drones are just this great thing, what are you going to do when you see a drone that's literally a helicopter uh, that is going to now not only deliver packages, but it will be the new form of taxis? Like that's happening. It's being prepared for and being planned for. And I bring up the innovation age because we are going to have to accept the thinking that we had coming into 2020 cannot be the same thinking we have in 2023, 2024, 2025. I want to prepare people because when we, um, and you know, especially those of us that, you know, grew up in the church, we're going to have to really struggle with when you walking down the street and a robot is walking right beside you, like that's going to just really take some people out, right? They're going to be like, oh, Lord, it's just the devil. And, and so we've got to understand the world is changing so fast. We've got to make sure our knowledge is keeping up. Okay. So, so how do we handle that was your question. The way we handle it is we have to accept that what got me here won't get me there. Alumni parents, grateful for them. God rest their souls. But the mindset they had of growing up as sharecroppers in West Tennessee mm-hmm. is not the same mindset that can carry me into a metropolis like Nashville. Totally different city than you and I were born and raised in, right? And so we have to understand that knowledge and applied knowledge and the correct knowledge is going to be top priority. We've got to be open to learning new things. We have to be open that our idea of how it should be may not be the reality and we've got to be flexible. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I saw one of the comments was about what about Bitcoin and, and Forex and those types of new currencies that's here. Okay. We've got to accept it. You know, some people are just now getting used to putting their credit card information online, right. And being comfortable with that. Right. But what about when you have no credit cards and everything is just your phone? Okay, that was 10 years ago when it was kind of Google Pay and Apple Pay and all of those things. Now that's shifting where you won't even have to do that. Bitcoin is now going to start being accepted. Now, whether it's Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, these are terms that we're throwing out, but you need Mm -hmm. to learn. 
you need to know them because it's our new reality. Um, and so, you know, we don't have the time tonight, but I really want people to do this. Take um, value in your financial education. If you haven't studied before, now you need to study. If you haven't learned this technology, these words, terminology, learn them. Because if we're not careful, the gaps that we started this conversation with are just going to continue to get wider and wider. Did you know or have you read that there is a group that says by 2053, the net worth of African-Americans will be zero? Mm. There is a group who has studied that said the rate we're going, the net worth of African-Americans by 2053 will be zero. Wow. We've got to change that statistic. We've got to change that statistic. We've got to change that statistic. So here's what we're going to do. What we're going to do, because this is live and it's going to be via audio. And so those of you who are listening to the audio, what we're going to do real quick is we're going to have Charles to give us how we can stay connected with him to learn more. And then what we're going to do is close out the show live, but yet we're going to go to the questions. So I have to do all this editing, but I can make it edits right. But we're going to just go ahead and let him share. How can we stay in contact with you and give us some final words to be able to close out the live and then we'll come in and maybe take a few questions. Okay. All right. Um, they can reach us on the web at uh, rolloverCompany.com. That's company spelled out, rolloverCompany.com. Uh, you can find me on all the social media uh, outlets, Charles Winfrey. Um, that's Facebook, Instagram, even LinkedIn. Um, and those, those are the two ways. If you go to our website, you can get copies of my free books my free copies of my book. So if you go to rollovercompany.com, you'll see a place where you can put in uh, information and download our free book. So we would love to connect with you, um, provide you information, answer any questions you have. Feel free. Please reach out to us. Uh, Final words. Like I said, just a few minutes ago, you've got to take financial responsibility. Like if, you know, every year we do New Year's resolutions, right? Want to lose weight, want to get closer to God, want to spend more time with family, and normally there's a financial goal in there, right? Whether it's pay off debt, save more money, whatever it may be, buy a home. I want you to stick to the financial goal. Many times we're writing in January and by March, we've already forgotten. it. But I want you to take this time because if COVID in 2020 didn't show us anything, it showed all of us that we can live on less. When you can't go out, when you can't travel, when you can't do all of that, you realize, you know what? I didn't have to spend all that money I've spent in 19, 18, and 17. We can live on less. But what did you do with it? Did you invest? Did you save? And if you could do it when you were forced to stay in, hopefully you've developed the muscle and the discipline that now that you've got this perceived freedom, that you you have to go back to your old ways. No, it's said that a new habit is developed after you know, 60 days, maybe now 90 days. So hopefully you've developed that habit where you can save more. Now I want you to turn those dollars into an emergency savings, then to investing in the market. If you hadn't bought a home, preparing for a home. If you're already investing, invest more. If you don't have a Roth, get a Roth IRA. Uh, If you're not in the stock market, open up a brokerage account, learn the stock market. There are too many free videos out there 
you can learn whatever you want to learn how to do. Just type in learning how to invest in the market. Uh, and if you have questions, just reach out to us. But thank you again, man. Thank you for this opportunity to share this message that we need to close this wealth gap and we can do it starting now. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight on this live edition of the Maximize Your Brand podcast. Charles was a great guest. This is probably the longest podcast we've done, but it was some of the most valuable information that we've had uh, this month or in the history of the podcast. So, so thankful. For those of you who are listening on the audio version and you're not already subscribed, I want to invite you to subscribe to the Maximize Your Brand podcast and iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify, Google Play. We are on all the major platforms and leave us a rating and review of this episode. Leave us a rating and review of this episode. If you uh, have questions, you can send those questions to me via my inbox and I'll be sure to send those over uh, to Charles and he could uh, contact you via your inbox on Facebook or however you choose. But I'm always excited to be sharing with you great guests each and every week, every Monday, live, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have a episode. So thank you for joining me tonight, and I look forward to you visiting with us again on next week. Just remember this. I learned this from Les Brown years ago. Always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care.